0: I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. This episode, Liz Cambage and the Washington Mystics. episode we're talking about the never-ending Liz Cambage story and a team that has gotten a lot of attention as an early season favorite for the championship the Washington Mystics. As always if you like our show please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Rachel how you doing?
1: My friend how are you? I'm good I'm fantastic happy to be back.
0: It's it's a, it's a wild time, I got to say, and I know I feel like I've said this in every podcast episode, <laughs> but I do not remember a WNBA offseason that was so action-packed, so reminiscent of what we've started to see in, in every other professional sports league where the talk, the the rumors, the assumptions, the whatever you have, during the offseason really really builds for the coming season and brings attention to the league people are pumped are you pumped
1: i mean that that goes without saying i think we all could agree with that but no i mean you're exactly right i mean we're not telling anybody you know what they don't already know but it's a it's a true testament to um, just the excitement surrounding the league you know if the excitement wasn't there the reactions which we saw you know on on monday night when brady tweeted out, uh, you know, the latest update on the Liz Cambage deal. You know, people just go nuts. Um, and shout that's out good, shout
0: that's out to Brady. <laughs>
1: shout out to Brady. Um, and honestly, it has been – this has been kind of the, the, the center focal point of the off-season drama, uh, but it is a testament to Liz Cambage herself, to the league, just to the excitement that is surrounding it, you know. And even though we're entering – um, the season now uh, 2019 season we've got some injuries and things like that going on uh, there's just a, a ton of buzz uh, a ton of excitement with with everything that's going on and, and you know the rumors and and the the jersey swaps and the stuff that we're seeing that have never necessarily happened in the league before are happening now um, and and these are things that would be happening in the NBA if rumors were going around and trade talks were going around so it's it's really cool to sit back and see just the hype. Um, and just the reactions of everybody
0: it, it's a true testament to how much this league has grown up, just in the past few years talking about liz and the whole liz ordeal liz saga listeria if you will i don't know if I, I like that, that. I really, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i mean for the, for the first question and its not, it's it's a rhetorical question just because none of us know the answer to it but i think it needs to be asked who leaked it Vegas is saying no, and Dallas is saying no. So you can put the pieces together and come to your own conclusion, whether or not either of those parties are are not being 100% truthful. That's a whole other thing. But I don't even necessarily want to get into that. That's just something I want to, you know, throw out there to wet your palate. For me, the question about any trade, about any player movement, about anything that happens in the W always comes down to this question. Are you closer to winning the ring? So when I pose this question for Liz Rachel, I want you to answer me looking at the three teams that are, you know, tied to Liz right now, Dallas, Vegas, and LA. Which of these teams would put her right away closest to winning that championship ring in your humble opinion?
1: God, I mean that's a really hard question. I mean, you you could even make an argument is is as, as much as they're the third place team in this discussion for Dallas because you've got now, Brian Agler, there with the most dominant player in the world, you know, say she did decide to stay and play for him. I, I, I honestly, I wholeheartedly believe that if we're talking about a player of Liz Cambage's caliber being on your roster, you automatically have to be jumped up into that top tier of, at least in a conversation, of a potential contender for a championship. That's just what she does. If you don't agree with me, we can go round and round. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But Liz Cambage is just that dynamic, that dominant of a player that wherever she is, has to at least be in the conversation. Now Dallas is, you know, um, without Skylar Diggins, you know, she'll be returning. There's some pieces there. They're kind of rebranding. But Brian Agler is a Hall of Fame coach who has proven he knows how to win. WNBA championships. And then you, you look over at, you know, the Aces, which is as young and as exciting of a franchise than anyone else in, in the league at this time. I mean, all eyes are really, in my opinion, on the Aces with what they started really clicking with at the end of the season last year, you know, with Asia Wilson and McBride and you just go down the list of, of the talent on that roster. I mean, you know, you, you automatically put Liz Cambage on that roster. In my opinion, I now have them above phoenix for winning it all they're my favorite i'm serious i'm dead serious i was thinking about it last night i said if this really does go down which this has been in talks of going down for months now um and it has wavered many many times but if this truly does go down and we are that close to it happening vegas is now my immediate favorite to win it all and that's a bold (laughs) bold statement but i mean it but then but then look look at the other side look at look at la who is one of the most premier franchises in the WNBA. Look at their, <laughs> look at their all-star roster. Um, Gray, Candace Parker, you know, who hopefully, you know, is, is recovers and um, she'll be back before we know it. Not too worried about that to the Agumukes. I mean, that, that's a, how do you, how do you not say that they're, they're a contender of Kim Basha's on that roster as well. So that's to me, a really impossible question to ask when you start getting down between Vegas and LA. Like I, I have no idea. I don't know how to concern that.
0: I'm going to cut you off and just say, while I agree with you on many parts, uh, in Dallas, whole, whole, fully, sorry, agree with you. Because I think a lot of times when we looked last year, a lot of the critiques were some questionable calls, the game planning, things like that. Now you have one of the most well-respected, most winning coaches in women's basketball, professional women's basketball history. So obviously...
1: Let me make a point. Let me make a quick point. Just hold your thought. Um, I've heard, you know, obviously we can't watch the games. That's very disappointing, but soon we will. But I've already heard, and this is not going to surprise anybody who's... um, a Brian Agler fan or has followed Brian Agler's teams over the years but quote unquote through sources you know just through the course of a week that the identity of the Dallas Wings from a defensive standpoint standpoint has done a complete 180 and it was it was amazing what he's been able to do there In a week, just on the defensive end of the floor, which one is which was their biggest Achilles heel? How much of a change that is already being shown in Dallas? Those are things I've heard from multiple people so far, just just in this short amount of time after one or two games. So I just wanted to make that point too that you know, we are talking about a Hall of Fame coach, um, a coach who knows how to win championships, who's going to make a major impact in Dallas and already is in week one.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I'll disagree with you cuz I like disagreeing with you and I'm I'm more offensive minded, you're more defensive minded, I'd say the three balls there Achilles, but you know, it, it's it, we're picking at pennies right now. Um but no, I mean, when you look at Dallas, I think adding a, a top-tier coach and having, you know, I'm all up on the Azrae Stevens hype train, I think combining an extra year with her and some of these young players and an all-star coach, you're talking about a team that's that's definitely a contender. For me, Obviously, I think Dallas is still a little bit behind Vegas or L.A. if they got Liz.
1: We can agree on Uh, that. We can agree on that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think it's as close as a lot of us would think as far as Liz on aces, Liz on sparks. And and my rationale is quite simple. One, you got a first year coach and you're going to have to do a little bit more creativity when it comes to how you're going to play all the players that they got as far as the front court in LA that's just for me right there that slows down me jumping you know jumping over to a few months down the road and, and we're getting the ring ceremony for them but then you look at Vegas and you put Asia and Liz right next to each other that's dominant I will say though I do have some concerns when it comes to Bill allowing Liz to maybe step back a little bit and hit that three ball that's a whole nother story. But for me, I think Aces is, is by far, and I've said this from date one, if you put Liz on that Aces team, that is a scary freaking team. Now, I'll disagree with you because i to disagree with you and say I still got Phoenix as my favorites, though, Not a if chance. she goes. Not a chance. Okay. Hey, hey, but, but you know you'd love to watch that final.
1: Amen. I would.
0: I would. Okay. So let's talk about this, though. Something that I feel like needs to – two things that need to be brought up when it comes to Liz Cambage's story. One, I do not understand, and I've heard this time and time again, the criticism on the wing side of things saying, oh, why aren't they trading her this, this, and that? They should get rid of her. The league needs her in the league. And I've been ranting to you, Rachel, about this for a while. So if you want to plug your ears for a moment, feel free (laughs) to. It bothers me because would we be saying that in men's professional sports? And I don't even think it's a question. The answer is no. In men's professional sports, if you had a situation like this, and we saw it, I'm not an NBA expert, but I'm pretty sure we saw a similar situation with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota recently where he wanted a trade. He made it clear he wanted a trade. Minnesota made it clear they're not going to get rid of him until they get what they feel is right for him. And at the end of the day, Dallas's job needs to be getting Dallas a championship. Taking steps to get Dallas a championship and their second step making sure no other team wins a championship. And maybe I'm being an ass. That's just how I view professional sports. It's competition. You need to do that. Um, The one other thing that I do want to add also, if I'm reading the CBA correctly, so anybody who's a CBA expert, come and correct me. My understanding (laughs) is if Liz Cambage, she has to play this season to become a free agent. Now, when I say free agent, there is an asterisk there because after her fourth season playing, she will become a restricted free agent which means we might see an Odyssey Sims situation where a team tries to sign her after she plays this year, whether that's in L.A., in Vegas, in Dallas, in anywhere. And Dallas then still has the ability to say, no, 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 come back here. We're going to get something from you. And I think that's been something that's really been overlooked in this whole trade. I know you had some insight on something that hasn't really been publicized too much, but about why Liz is likely to play this coming season.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of layers to this whole Liz Cambage deal, and whether it will go through, whether it not. Um, even if it does, well, there's no guarantee she decides to come over and play. You know, what if she decides she doesn't want to play? You know, there's there's just been so much with this drama that, um, and, and there's even more to it that a lot of people don't even realize. You know, recently there has been a lot of speculation. Um, there have been sources that have come to us and, and confirmed to the point of, you know, Liz just signed a massive deal with Adidas. Um, and and in that deal, it's been alluded to. <laughs> I'm not saying I know the facts of this. I by no means have seen the contract or any stretch. But the rumors have been that in that deal, she is required to play this 2019 season. Um, So sitting out for her in regards to this massive deal with Adidas is not an option. So um, that's an element, uh, quote unquote, rumor, if you will. Um, But I've also heard other sides of it that that have somewhat refuted that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I know the facts of, um, of of that specific topic, but I would not be surprised if that is true. And I definitely have heard from multiple sources that it is fact in play with this. But that's an element that is not talked about a whole lot um, as we as we dissect a lot of the layers of this.
0: Yeah. And, and I appreciate you sharing that with the with the listeners. So I think we're, we're beating the, the Liz horse dead. So let's move on. Let's move on to the second topic of this episode. Washington mystics. Early favorites for the ring, question mark? What what do you think, Rachel?
1: Definitely have to be in the top three, in my opinion. This is one of the most talented teams in the league, um, just based on their roster, you know, we all saw what they were capable of doing last year, the way Ariel Adkins did what she did. You know, you talk about the career uh, that Natasha Cloud's putting together. Um, I (laughs) I can't say enough about Elena Deladon. I mean, goodness, MVP caliber um, talent right there and and what she's able to do to elevate her game down the stretch. And now you throw in this whole other element of Emma Mieseman and how does that change this dynamic you know, are were they just uh, Emma away from beating Seattle um, in in the playoffs last year? Um, some people could make an argument for that. Some people could say this. It's very interesting. How is this dynamic going to work, um, especially on the defensive end of the floor with Emma and DelaDon in there together defensively is a little bit alarming. I mean, you kind of have to wonder what does that look like um, just from a defensive standpoint, but from an offensive standpoint too. You know, do you do you go big? Um, and you know, put put Deladon at the three, and um, Emma at the at the four, and you know, it, it, there's a whole lot here um, that I'm very curious about. But um, I think just from, from sheer talent um, perspective, this is a top three team. This is a team that offensively is going to live and die with the three ball. They've got talent from that that on that aspect of of that end of the floor. The biggest problem, in my opinion, is defensively, and then their ability to rebound the basketball. You know, when that that was a huge knock on them it has been a huge knock and even looking at their their first uh preseason matchup against Minnesota they were completely manhandled on the glass 30 37 to 19 you know so so that's obviously still something that's very very prevalent um so you know just for, yes top 3 team from an on- offensive standpoint but defensively from a rebounding and then how do uh how does the dynamic of now having Miesman in the picture how does that change things um it's just gonna be really interesting
0: i gotta say i mean there's a lot of questions with this team for me i have them arguably third more like fourth i got mercury then i got connecticut then i got atlanta and then i got washington honestly i'm not gonna lie i kept seeing these articles and these tweets and these headlines saying dc the early season favorites to win it and i i was a little shocked did people forget how they have been consistently manhandled until Latoya really stepped up last season. Have people forgot the inability for Meesman and EDD to really melt together? Have people forgot that Christy Tolliver, I'm not going to lie, she's had some, some moments. Uh, if you remember, I believe it was this past year in the playoffs, she hit like some eight or nine three pointers, mm-hmm. push that team over the top, move on to the semifinals, and on to the finals. But she hasn't been that consistent player that I grew to hate watching her, you know, just dominate for the sparks and, and just do some crazy wild. Yeah. Thing. I mean, she's a, she's a killer. I, and to me, her two seasons, ha- she hasn't been there yet. I agree.
1: And there, there's something about Tolliver. She is so talented. She's so skilled. She is able, we've seen what Christy Tolliver can do. The question mark is about the consistency aspect of that, you know, and, and I'm with you. It's something about that, that with with just her in particular, um, as as a leader of this team, as a veteran of this team, that a lot falls on her shoulders. Um, and when when she's playing well, this team plays well. When she is helter-skelter and off and and shots aren't falling and and she's an empty possession, and um, it makes this team really struggle at times. i'm I'm with you on this.
0: and And if I remember looking back when Tolliver and EdD came to DC, the combination of those two and Meese, I believe they were three of like the top four, top five, three point percentage shooters the season leading into that. So, you know, a big question that you've talked about, and I definitely back you on that, is the three ball. They will live and die by the three ball. And you have three players, yeah, <laughs> you have three players who can dominate in that aspect, but how do they all work together? How is EdD and Meese going to go up against Sylvia Fowles? Mm-hmm. How are they going to go up against, you know, Brittany Griner, these bigs? I will say on the flip side, a lineup that I would love, love, love to see is Sanders, Meese, EDD, and this Mystics crew going up against the Agumakes yeah. and Candace, yep. LA. Like that is, that's time TV. I right love there. that
1: lineup. I, I would definitely say that is more than feasible that that could happen, you know, just from a size standpoint and going long and going big to kind of combat that, you know, you, you, you could pose a question too of with Mies and Deladon, you know, do you switch to some type of zone? I mean, I don't know. We might see something like that, even though it's, but they've primarily never done that. Um, it just, you just kind of put your coaching hat on and you start thinking about different options um, of how to play all of these players together, because let's be honest, Mies and Deladon are going to play at least half a game together every night. So um, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to think about with that. Um, but Man, you can't de- deny the talent on this roster, and when they're clicking offensively, my God, they're they're going to run people out of the gym.
0: Well, the the part that frustrates me and concerns me about Washington is I under like we've said this time and time again. Meese made the team about her, and then next se- next season's coming around, and what happens? You got these two stars run in, and all of a sudden, it kind of huh, where do I fit in, where do I fit in? That season, no offense, was a disaster. That first season we saw them together. Mies wasn't with us this past year, and we saw this team really grow. And I loved what I saw, having Latoya Sanders as a more true center, as somebody who's going to get down in the nitty-gritty, get some real rebounds, because that gives Elena the ability to move around and play her best game. Now, if you put Mies and Elena in together – I start going back to the same questions I've always had. And that brings me to my point of, I think this team will succeed when they realize that Meese coming off the bench to replace Elena or to replace who's playing at the three. That is, that's something that other teams aren't going to be able to react to. What are you supposed to like, obviously Meese and Elena are different players, but they have a lot of the same mm-hmm. skill sets and if you're taking out Elena to put in another all-star who has a similar skill set, a, sl- a similar style, if you will, then every team is going to be scared if you're asking.
1: <laughs> I don't know that we'll see that though. You know, I have to imagine that they're going to be played together. Um, and that's the part of how does, what does that look like? Does it gel? Um, and I think that at anyone who follows this team and, and understands the makeup of kind of what's going on there, what, um, Will will that gel naturally? Will it be an easy thing? Will it have growing pains at times? I, that, that's, that's the big question mark with this team in particular, those two players and their dynamic. It's a big unknown at this point.
0: And, it, and the other thing that, that kind of frustrates me about that is having kind of that clog up there. Obviously, Maisha Hines-Allen plays a completely different style of front court than those ladies we just named, but I she is a bully. I will go on for days about yeah, I love her. her too. I she will I <laughs> do. Beach. Oh my god, uh, she's playing like a vet in her first year, and I'm not even talking about the Atkins style. I'm talking about like this is a woman who is down. Just throwing bows, getting rebounds, and beating up vets who have been doing yeah, this for years. Yeah.
1: No, and she's uh she she's going to have – I think she'll have another tremendous year. Like you said, the, kind of the bully ball, what she does, um, the confidence that she brings out on the court with just being able to go toe-to-toe with even someone a little bit bigger than her. She's got a an edge to her uh, that, that I love, and it fits with this Mystics team perfectly. Um, she's going to have a huge – not huge, but she's going to have an opportunity this year to really build off what she she started last year.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because Mystics, I don't want to say, and this is horrible, because in a recent episode I also had to use the same term when talking about uh, Brianna Stewart's injury, but I, don't, I never want to say an injury is good, but Mystics in some ways kind of benefited from their draft pick this year having an injury out three to four months. And the reason I say that is, They've got three really young players who, two of them are already taking up a lot of minutes. And the third, Shatori, needs to be getting some more minutes to really progress in her career. And this is a team that's pretty stacked. I mean, this, we talk about teams that didn't necessarily need to make any big moves right. during the offseason. And the Mystics are right up there on the list. They needed to work on rebounding in three, but the people they had on their roster could easily yep. achieve that goal. Yep, yep. yep. And so for for me, it's it's the question is, okay, which player is going to be more consistent on the three ball and which players are going to step up? And and I've heard countless coaches talk about it. And actually, if you could talk about this for a moment, rebounding, how it's about will
1: (laughs) it's it's yeah it is you know i mean you know you 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 think about some players like uh like a tira mccowan you know she's she's a rebound machine it it, it becomes the ball just seems to gravitate gravitate to her hands not because she's is not because of her size but now obviously that has something to do with it but she has a knack for rebounding she has the size and the knack for it for everybody else rebounding comes down to heart as cliche and um, kind of all cupcakey is that is it's, it's true. You know, it's a matter of pursuing the basketball. It's a decision you make and it's a willing to outwork your opponent, um, to go get it. So rebounding to me has always been a direct correlation with toughness of physicality of all the things that are not glamorous and pretty, you know, it's gritty, it's ugly you're going to get punched in the face you're going to be bruised you're going to have to get bumped around it is not fun <laughs> to go rebound and and you know get, get get beat up in that manner but at the end of the day it's like going to war that shot goes up and it's truly war there's a lot of a lot of programs that run what's called war drill and the shot goes up and it's just everyone slamming into each other trying to, p- to pursue the basketball and it comes down to a decision it comes down to that grit um, and I think this team has got to get challenged on that aspect of the game of whether it's a, a um, you know, physicality aspect, you know, of course you, 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 you have bigger, faster, stronger that of course, at this stage plays a huge element of it. But I, at, if that's what you're solely going to blame it on um, those are excuses, you know, it, it, it's a decision and it's, it's that, uh, that muscle beaten in your chest um, to decide to go m- be better at this, which is what that t- this team has to do. In my opinion, if they want to take it to the next level.
0: And I agree with you and I'll even add to that and say, is there a team that's scarier than a team that just got swept in the finals? You, I mean, uh, we've talked about this on past podcasts. If Deldon's legs are healthy, she has a little bit more oomph in that three ball. I mean, the three ball looked horrible <laughs> and this team probably doesn't get it probably doesn't get swept um at you know whatever but for me the 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 things that are pushing me to say huh rachel might for once in her whole life finally be <laughs> right um about the mystics <laughs> is is the fact that this is a team that gelled really well last year you, you have the goofy people you have the young people you have the vets everybody really fit into this roster really really well and now you add on to that They didn't lose much or anything, really, besides Mo Curry. Shout out to Mo Curry. But what they do gain more than any experience or anything – well, I guess it is an experience – is going to the finals and watching on their – not their home court, but in a a close-to-home court, watching another team be crowned champion. That has got to light the fire. We saw that in Minnesota. We've seen that in various other places. And I got to say, that's got to be an element – that every day needs to drive this. Well, team yeah. To victory.
1: I mean, you know, if, if you're going to call yourself a competitor and, and you know you're in this and high level competitors, uh, how, how did experiencing that you know uh, last season the impact? How, what impact did that have on these players and their off season work? You know, and and their mentality uh, when approaching this 2019 season? You know, how much of a fire do you have lit under your ass? Pardon my French um, to get pissed off and go get it done. You know, you see, you see teams respond so often after, you know, a major, a major loss or a heartbreaking loss or falling short of their goal. And so we've kind of seen it, you know, on the social media aspect of stuff that the team's releasing about them kind of having a chip on their shoulder, but ultimately that's going to be determined in the way they play. Um, And in my, in my opinion, these, these intangibles, we're talking about um, that aren't always as pretty but but the, those gritty toughness plays that at the end of the day truly do win championships in your ability to rebound the basketball and and all of those mm-hmm. things so uh, that's gonna be kind of kind of gonna be determined there's no doubt in my mind the talent is there for this team um, as a top three team that the league is wide open I think for a lot of different teams to go win it this year it's just are they going to gel the right way are they going to um, really tighten up um you know, that rebounding <laughs> for me is the biggest part.
0: Yeah. Rebounding. It's that they, they need to do it. It's not even a question at this point. It's a, a few years overdue. We at the WNBA insider believe in the players of the W and the community. And we believe they deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help us support the work we do. Thank you. And this has been an episode of the WNBA Insider Show.